this is a podcast for two reasons. Let's go. Okay, let's let's blow this. Let's go. Never gonna blow it. Yeah, okay. blow it like I'm blowing up my candles. A one, a two. A two. A one, two, three, four. <sighs> Hi, Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westrate. And I'm Jason Black. This is a podcast about queer people and their divas. It's about diva worship. This is a podcast about all of that. This is a podcast, <laughs> you, you, you know, um, <laughs> we're getting deep today, kids. This is a podcast about... Uh, Loving someone for all your life and talking about them. And <laughs> even if you don't want to talk about them, and but you can honor them by having a podcast and doing that, even if it seems like way too much, uh, <laughs> you can do it. And so that's what we're doing. Or uh, maybe you can't. Or maybe, or you know what? We'll see. Maybe you actually can't do it. I, <laughs> we're about I, to find out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do know because we've been doing it for a while now. Um, but that's what this podcast is about. It's about and celebrating. Who's... Go ahead. What? Sorry. <laughs> and who is it for? Who is it for? This podcast is for me. This podcast is for you. This podcast is for um, all the walking all the queer children through um, diva history. Diva diva history. Diva history. This is a podcast for moms. This is a podcast for moms who really let you rent some shit that they had no idea their 10-year-old son wanted. This is a podcast for women who starred in every single iconic 1980s television program. Do you mean this is a podcast for having more Emmy nominations than Lucille Ball? (laughs) This is a podcast for effortless geniuses. Uh, This is a podcast for crying. Endless, (laughs) endless fucking crying. That's what this this podcast is for. This is a podcast for virtuosic, greatest screen actresses of all time. Who are we talking about today, Jay? Who is it? In case everyone is didn't read the description, they didn't look or at see the, the photo. Instagram. <laughs> they close they, their eyes and press play on their phone. That's right. They just yeah. it just is rolling up. Who are we talking about today, Jay? We're talking about Alfre Woodard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't even say the name without crying. We're talking about Alfre Woodard. Star, oh, babe. And it's also what day is today? It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording on Jason's birthday about his diva, Alfre Woodard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of this. <laughs> Buckle in if you wanted the yuck. Skip it. Um, <laughs> there might be some yucks. I really have no idea what's going on. It's my birthday. Yeah, this is a this is an episode that we've we've had on the books, and every couple of weeks, Nick's re, Rick, Nick reminds me, and I just shut it down, mm-hmm. uh, like it's for, not happening for about two years now. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's a bit, kind of a common thing. Nick reminds me of something I love, and then I instantly say, "Well, I can't talk about that on a podcast about things we love. I can't. <laughs> I can't talk about something this sacred." <laughs> And um, and Alfred Woodard is one of my most sacred things. Um, <laughs> as you can see, I'm not. I, I um, sometimes hard to find words for. So and and so Nick has been slightly nudging me along, and then this week came, and well, we just 
we just have have filled an entire ocean of tears, haven't we? Mm-hmm. We really have. It's been a fun week, though. We've had some yeah. time to really spend with Dame Alfrey and to really spend with her films. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're going to get to a couple of them. But first, let's do some housekeeping, yeah? Oh, and before, since it's my birthday, ooh, I'm going to put this in my Diet Coke. Are you going to put a Malibu in your Diet Coke while oh, we take Malibu nip. <laughs> do you call these nips? I would it's, call that a nip, yeah. I was going to say it's 1 p.m. somewhere, but it's 1 p.m. now, so <laughs> isn't that what the song is? Um, Yeah, so, the, so this is my birthday nip. It's, you know, those little bottles, I call them nips, but everyone doesn't, a lot of people don't call them that, but so you can get them at the, the real fun. You can get them at They're the like an airplane bodega. size or a hotel yeah. size. Yeah. Maybe hotel size. Anyway, so bottoms up because. And gotta, I've just got a normal, something. I've just got a normal Diet Coke because it's oh. only four o'clock here. <laughs> it's also not your birthday. It's my birthday. It's not my birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, babe. Thanks, babe. Um, this is going to be real fun. We've got. I've got some diva news for you, though. Oh, do you? Which I woke up to that Billy sent me this morning. Fucking Shirley Bassey is coming out with a new album. <gasps> what? She's calling it her grand finale. Oh. <laughs> she said the BBC reported it this morning that she's going to record it in France, Morocco, Portugal, and England, but with safe social distancing. And I'm like, the first person who who do you think gives the largest aerosolized spray out there when they sing? Shirley Bassey. That is the biggest voice. So how do you spell finale? (laughs) F-I-N-A-L-E. So final. (laughs) Final E. (laughs) Finale. Oh, oh, that makes my... Oh, that's very emotional again. (laughs) And there's going to be new... It says there's going to be new material, but also hits from her... Some classics, some reimagined classics. This is like her 71st record, 72nd record, something like that. I'm sorry. Do you know the date that it's coming out in? Um, I don't. Not off the this, top of my head. I didn't write that down, but I'm really excited about it. We just got a release date. Um, our diva, Bette Midler, is going to be in a quarantine television so- show called Coastal Elites. It's coming yes, out with sep- Issa Rae. With Miss Issa Rae. It's coming out September 12th. And she plays a school teacher who gets arrested. Oh, how is she going to get social distance arrested? I am not going to be happy if someone gives Bette Midler COVID-19. Yeah, it was, you know, she talks, she said that it was, um, she, I, I read a blurb about her talking about the experience and she said that she was just scared because she's so old. So. Oh, don't make me, now I'm going to. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Where's the exit on this fucking episode? <laughs> Skip to the Patreon. So that was the episode. Happy birthday. My birthday present is only two minutes long. It's also really funny because we have a lot of new, well, hopefully a lot of new listeners this week. Like, God bless Louis Fertel put us on blast on uh, Keep It, which is so beautiful of him to do. So we have some new folks who've joined us on our journey from that. And they are coming, y'all are coming in to really experience what we do over here. Oh, God. God. <laughs> um, and, uh, and of course, like imagine, you know, if, if you just, if you just can't get enough of this, uh, we have a Patreon. And yes. I am going to, uh, we're going to talk. So basically this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into my diva, Alfrey Woodard, and we're going to talk about her films. And um, we're saving one film that neither Nick and I had ever seen called Miss Firecracker. So we're going to save that for the Patreon. And I'm, and Nick, 
has gotten me a surprise pre- birthday present. Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a surprise. It's not say, really. It's been in no, your house you for a few pres- days. And you also get presents for birthdays. So it's not like, oh, I got a <laughs> present. It's my birthday. But it's um, but the, but the most exciting news, uh, um, if you listen to the Karen episode, is that it's from Downey, California, where Karen Carpenter was born. So, yes, which I didn't even realize when I bought it online. And when it came to you, it came to the day that we were recording the Karen episode. And we were like, this is an omen, gifts from Downey. Yeah, so we're going to have a live unwrapping. Pre- yes, and- an unwrapping ceremony. Um, there's, It's a very secret ceremony. Only the Patreons know about it. So go to our Patreon page. Just a link somewhere. Um, it's patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. Give us $7 a month. You get bonus episodes, you get outtakes, you get a- anything you want, anything you want. And yeah, there's episodes there about Sybil, the TV show. There's an episode about Angela Lansbury's iconic exercise video, positive moves. So what, it, what, and also just tell us what you want to cover on the Patreon. We'll do it. It just has to be kind of diva adjacent, right? I, I, yeah, but I'm also like, you know, we, we can always do rewatch Larry Crown again. I think Oof. that's acceptable. Yeah. We did Larry Crown on the Patreon. The, it's an interesting place, the Patreon. Yeah, I mean, it's an ever-evolving place. I think it's <laughs> a, it's real loosey-goosey. Um, we covered the Karen Carpenter biopics starring friend of the podcast, Cynthia Gibb. I'm going to try to mention Cynthia Gibb's name in every episode from here on out. No problem, because I, because <laughs> I was listening to friend of the podcast, Cynthia Gibb, um, in my birthday morning singing Let Me Entertain You from Gypsy. And I, and I literally was wailing so hard that I that that someone in it was this was in my car that this person next to me I think was calling the cops like it was. <laughs> oh, I've been that's wailing a good start a lot. to your morning. Oh, yeah, I'm thank so you, excited. Cynthia Gibb. Thank you always. Thank you, Cynthia Gibb. And I'm so excited that <laughs> patron saint of the podcast, <laughs> patron saint of the podcast. Um, I'm also excited because it's Thursday, and it's not just your birthday, but on Thursdays I have a new television watching schedule and now that my tv watching <laughs> schedule isn't just alfrey woodard this is more mm. diva news I, i've been telling you about z-way the comedian who does her instagram live show every thursday night at eight. Oh yes 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 and so i watched that at eight which is amazing everyone should watch z-way on instagram live and then yes. roni is on at nine roni Real Housewives of New York. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what's that sitcom? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Thursday night lineup. I'm so excited. So you, so you got it all planned, babe. You got I'm it all. I'm gonna celebrate your birthday just with divas left and right. I'm, a, I'm doing a diva celebration. Um, I keep shouting her out because she's been my main quarantine girl, Miss Mickey, Miss Candy Payne herself. Uh, fabulous artist, fabulous wrestler. Uh, she's taking me in a red Ford pickup truck to go and see. Uh, to the drive-in movies to see A League of Their Own. Oh, it's the best birthday trip ever. Doesn't that sound cute? Isn't that just too cute? Oh. With, and, we're, and we're going uh, with her partner, Machine, who I absolutely adore, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. Uh, too blessed for this mess. So I feel like I feel like a league of their own is one of those ones. Whenever we bring up like when we're going to do that episode, you're, is another one. You're like I can't. I could never talk about that. <laughs> it's it's a, it's actually a lot of things, but this is touching. This is the third rail. I mean this this one is like this one is the third rail. Uh, it's it's a yeah. Well, 
Should we get into let's, it? Yeah, let's go. Should we touch Ready? the third rail? Should I just get a we're gonna just... We're going to touch the third rail. We're going to be sent to heaven in an old-fashioned bus. It's my birthday. Stay with us. You know, have some patience with me. Have some patience. <laughs> just <laughs> cry with me too if you want. Come on, we're all in the, we're all in the, that space right now, aren't we? Okay, so, so let's Woodard. start. Alfre Woodard. Here we go, kiddos. Okay. So listen, babes, like we said, we're, you know, we just always switch it up here. We're going to do some bio and then we're going to do some iconic movies because that's how I celebrate her and that's how I love her. And I just want to bask in the joy of Miss Alfre Woodard. (laughs) 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 Um, So, okay. Alfre was born in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma and her mother was from Texas. And so Alfre considers herself... I'm half a Texan. My father was also from Texas. And I love that she says that because if you have any parent from Texas, you're kind of grandfathered in. And and, and just like Alfred, she spent a lot of summers in Texas. And she's like, no, I've mm. spent enough time to be a partial Texan. And that's true. I mean, you know, they think that that is God's green earth. It's not even green over there. I don't know why they think that. Um, but uh, so, she, so she grew up in Oklahoma, but her parents would also do a lot of trips to California and at four years old, uh, she said that she was going to move to Southern California because it was always sunny there. And every day you could go to Disneyland. <laughs> you that- also took you also took a lot of trips to Southern California when you were a kid. I did. And I went to Disneyland. So, <laughs> okay. Are we seeing some parallels here, honeys? <laughs> Come on. I'm I mean, on I've track. never seen you and Alfre Woodard in the same room at the same time. So I haven't either. So that's two of us. That now makes two of us. The mystery is growing. The next unsolved mysteries they drop on Netflix. <laughs> I want them to cover that. And 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 she 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 always says uh, that at fourteen she knew she was an activist before she was an actor. But acting is truly. Um, was always kind of one of her greatest passions. And then she moves to where BU Boston University. Mm -hmm. Uh, to study acting. And shortly after that, she gets um, an incredible role and in her first off-Broadway play, a little play called For Colored Girls Who Consider Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough. And she talks about how all of the girls in the dressing room would, their hopes were to be on a commercial or to be in a soap opera. And she said that her biggest hope was uh, to be in a Robert Altman film. And taste at such a young age. (laughs) And legend has it that Robert Altman saw her in for color girls. She kind of, she kind of disputes that. Um, She says that maybe one of his assistants did, but she got called in right after the the wrapping of the, of the show uh, just to interview. And she booked, she booked one of her first jobs in a Robert Altman film that I'd never seen. It's called Health with Carol Brunette. Oh, wow. I've never seen that either. 1980. I know. Isn't that, but isn't that wow. delicious? So she, amazing. And then in, um, yeah. And then, she, and then she, she fulfilled her fantasy and moved to, to California. Um, she, said, she said that she has to be near a body of water. And every day she wakes up 
and she goes to any water that she can get to. She feels that mm. connected to it. That's part of one of that. That's part of her spiritual practice. She actually, after she did the health movie, she actually made a TV version of For Colored Girls, which I had never seen. You can see it in full on YouTube. It's really beautiful. You know, I think that's that play is um, that play is poems and dancing and music. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, it's not like a straight play. So the kind of transfer of it, I think, is a little bit jarring, but it's still, it's gorgeous. And Alfrey is so young in it. And and she's so beautiful. And then, so then right after that, 1983, what does she do? She does a little movie called Cross Creek with That's Who's right. Our Girl? Who's Our Girl? Mary Steenburgen, who she then reunites with in Miss Firecracker. Which, and... where are we doing that on? On the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Did we tell you about the Patreon? We Did have one. about that Patreon, bitches? And then for Cross Creek, she is nominated for the ever-coveted Best Supporting Actress Academy Award, which she does not win. Because why? Why, Jason? Be- because the Academy Awards are trash. They're trash. So I don't They're know racist. if you remember a They're few... disgusting. They a don't few know year, talent. A few weeks ago when we instructed you all to form a mob to tear down the rock and roll hall of fame. We're going to need you to reassemble that mob, get your pitchforks. Cause we're going to burn down the Academy Awards <laughs> for only nominating Alfre Woodard one time in history. They get to get burnt to the ground the, forever. We're, we're just starting here. Okay. We're just starting here. <laughs> like this is, we're pitched at a two. We're going to get to a hundred because it gets worse from here. <laughs> with with, the with their treatment work. of Ms. Alfre Woodard. Mm. I know. With the exceptional mm-hmm. work that we're going to cover, it gets, we're not talking about Cross Creek. In fact, we're not necessarily talking even about some of her most, her personally most beloved roles. This is my birthday. We're talking about some of my most beloved Alfrey roles. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's full, bad. it's a full disaster. So just burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground. Okay. So, so we got you warmed up. Should we get, should we, should we, should we, we're going to also babes again, my one day I can do whatever I want. We're really jumping around in the movies. They're not, those aren't even going to be linear. I know mind blowing, very experimental. <laughs> watch uh, out. We're getting watch avant-garde. Out. avant-garde. That's what we call, that's what we call avant-garde honeys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to do your origin movie first. Yeah. So, okay. So Jason, take us to your origin. Okay. What is the film? Okay. Well, this is a film called Heart and Soul. And um, I saw it when I was, I, I, it, it's from 1994. And I saw it when I was, you know, nine or 10. I remember renting it. I don't have, I, I, I have, I have horrible memory. Nick can tell me a thing I said on this podcast tomorrow and I'll start laughing at it as if it was a new joke. I have (laughs) still, it's still good to me because I have no memory of it. Um, Yeah. It's very spotty, but this memory is really, it's, it's one of my most special. It's one of my most indelible memories. And I don't know if you all did this with your family, but every Friday night, that was our big thing that I did in my family is rerunning movies. Uh, from the local video store. Uh, we always talk about movie rentals, but that's what we did. And we rented Heart and Souls. You know, it was this Robert Downey Jr. and Elizabeth Shue rom-com about four ghosts who get attached to a child. It sounds so creepy. I was thinking about describing this movie and I was like, it's disturbing. Even the concept's a little disturbing. But um, the, these four people uh, uh, um, all uh, perish 
in a bus accident in San Francisco and their souls get attached to this newborn uh, baby and Alfre Woodard is one of them. And um, it's, uh, it's one of the first times that I remember openly weeping, seeing this, seeing, seeing a performer. It's the first time that I really remember feeling that way. And I just, I had never seen anything like that on, 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 on stage, on a, on a, on a film that I could really relate to. She plays this mother and she, um, in the beginning of the scene, she puts her, her kids to sleep with this really beautiful song. Well, that's fine. Night, night, sleep tight. Your mama has got to go to work tonight. Why do you always have to work in the nighttime? Because I'm on the night switchboard. I'm sorry, sweetie. I'm trying to get back on days. But now, until then, you know Agnes is looking in on you, so no worries. Huggerbug, Mr. Huggerbug. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come on. Mr. Huggerbug. Yeah, yeah. Mr. No worries. And then when she dies, um, as she's getting transported to to kind of be a guardian of this little boy, she she screams for her children. Oh my God, my kids! Oh, I have to see my kids! And I just I just started weeping. And am I doing an okay job? Should we yeah. cut all this? No. And um, and then the scene that really, really broke me is so. So there's these. It's, it's really fun, and, and none of you are going to experience this fucking movie like this because it's a real joy. It's a. It really... is. It's currently streaming on <laughs> Cinemax Hulu. Yeah. 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 Um, but the scene that really got me was um, the scene that really just broke me and, and really realized what art could bring. I mean, this is Alfred Woodard to me. Uh, made me realize what art could do for you, how you could move someone um, and, and be so open and compassionate is when she has to then say, because they realize that they're kind of uh, causing more problems for this little boy, this little Robert yeah, Jr. Little, the little boy, as he's growing up, he's about seven. He sees these four ghosts and they all like help him and they do stuff with him and they like are teaching him about life, but he's the only one who can see them. So his parents start thinking that he's crazy and they're maybe going to send the little boy off to a mental hospital because of it. And so the ghosts who also include Charles Grodin, Tom Sizemore and Kira Sedgwick are like, are like, we've got to go. We've got to, we've got to disappear from this little boy. And Alfre, we have, we have to say goodbye, she says. Not one of you knows what it's like to lose a child. I lost three. I'm not losing Thomas. Oh, because she thinks that, uh, you know, Thomas, his name is Thomas. You know, this is, was her chance to have another kid. And it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> it's so, so sad. sad. And she, I just, I don't know what it was, but I just... Totally honed in on this performance. That was my second cry in the movie. I, I cried five times in this movie when I rewatched it the other day. First was, of course, Mr. Hugabug, her fucking lullaby. 
puddle dead second time was this when they have to disappear from thomas oh it was so she she just has tears she knows she has to do this for thomas and um she just just such honest tears down her face you are a great guy i don't want new friends i want you i am so proud of you don't go benny thomas no worries i need you just come back and, and i realized how oh, we're just gonna get into it. i realized that Alfre Woodard has represented this kind of mother figure for me in mm-hmm. her acting. And we're going to keep talking about this pure compassion that she has for everyone. And you can see how she relates to, she has come to set knowing her relationship to everyone that she's acting with. Oh yeah. And if you follow her, you can follow anything because she's so clear. And the ensemble, y'all, the ensemble work is, it's really joyful and at the end, she, you know, she tells Thomas how proud she is of him. Oh, it's, and then they disappear. It's, <laughs> it's so, I know you all are going to watch this and be like, <laughs> what the fuck? But as a 10 year old, and so I turned around to my mother, weeping. And I said, whoever she is, you need to get me every movie that she has ever <laughs> been in. <laughs> and Nick knows this. Uh, so as a as a as a as a yes, ten year old boy, I would tell people my favorite actress was Alfre Woodard. And you would start. You started collecting her movies in your moldy VHS collection, right? Well, one of the teas on this is that. So then my mom was like, "Okay, well, I know of a fantastic movie called Grand Canyon." Um, <laughs> that you have to that you have to see because it has your girl Alfrey in it and that's the origin story of her being like you have to watch this this is a slice of life just a slice of life that you don't understand yeah, that so, was the first slice yep. of life movie <laughs> so if you ever which Nick, I, I, I remember really liking Grand Canyon but most of it going over my head mm-hmm, like we yeah. mainly watched it for Alfrey mm-hmm. and then I remember just not getting most of it but back to heart and soul okay I've just got a few more things to say about this movie <laughs> oh, the dude. 90s the 90s were obsessed with ghosts there don't was you- ghosts Ghost Dad, Ghost, Beetlejuice, Casper. Like, there were all these shows. Like, it was like Hollywood just figured out how to make people invisible and fly through walls or something. Also, bitch, didn't you clock the, like, graphics with the kind of purple behind it, like, Hocus Pocus? Like, anytime there was, like, kind of a spooky supernatural thing, they mm-hmm. always did that, like, smoky purple look behind yes, it. Yes, they love a little, like a hazy dusk. This is such a weird rom-com, right? Like such an unusual premise. Well, yeah, because it's not really a rom-com. It's not. I also was thinking like it's that really Hollywood not. did Elizabeth Shue dirty. I think she's great in this, though. She's not really in it, but I like her She's in not this. really in it. But then like a couple years later, <laughs> she gets nominated for Best Actress for fucking Maybe Leaving Las, Las Vegas, Vegas and then disappears. And I know Harvey Weinstein is behind it. I know. Make that the next Unsolved Mystery, Elizabeth Shue's career. Do you want to know who I think took her roles, honestly? Because I was trying to think about what she was in, and then I kept mistaking her for another absolute gem of an actress. Alicia Silverstone. I feel like Alicia Silverstone and her were kind of A little younger than Elizabeth Shue, though. I was thinking Also done dirty by Hollywood, though. Also done dirty. Also done dirty by Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood's a Um, dirty-ass place. 
Um, the third cry cue for me in this movie was when Charles Grodin goes. So the ghosts figure out that they can go into Robert Downey Jr. Well, why? Tell us why. Be, because they have to, they find out way too late, almost at the last minute, that they were supposed to use this boy who they were attached to to resolve their unfinished business in life. And if he wouldn't do that, that they could take over his body. So you also have this fun thing of Robert Downey Jr. getting to play um, each of the ghosts when they enter his body, which I is really, really fun. Did not really love the Alfrey version. Mm, doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make any sense. Kind of stereotyping. Kind yeah. of feminine gay feminine too i was like didn't you watch how she's been acting like yeah he kind of like starts acting like a a drag queen but all this of a is sudden. peak robert downey j for me this is peak rdj snacko yes. snacko taco yeah he's beautiful i was actually being like i need to get this haircut so bad um but my third cry cue was when he sings the national anthem charles i knew Grodin's you would ghost. i knew that would get you Man, I was when BB King. So it's like at a BB King concert, and BB King comes up behind him as he's singing and plays. And when BB King played that and smiled at him, cried, lost it. I'm telling and you, this movie. Oh, fourth cry cue is when she sees Billy the Cop. Oh, honey, I'm telling you. So this Billy movie the Cop is just full of goodbyes. So if you so many goodbyes, if you feel like goodbyes. <laughs> and childhood trauma are triggering don't watch this movie because it's just endless people I resolving I things die. i thought i was gonna die hey i was I, crying so hard in this movie i mean i was like uh oh the neighbors are the neighbors are coming <laughs> like I'm, i was on the floor with a pillow i was on the floor with a pillow i had to keep blowing my nose i got i did i did the thing when you get to the place where you're just like all of a sudden your sinuses start opening up and releasing everything i was like oh this is like a workout (laughs) this is the kind of workout that i could do (laughs) did i gain some muscle just a weeping just a a, weeping in a pillow (laughs) it felt felt like a run to me bitch like so she eventually, I can't explain to you this whole plot, y'all, because we have so many movies to get through. But there's a moment where Alfrey Woodard finds her son. That was that point. was what she was supposed to do. Yes, was like say, say goodbye, goodbye to, her children. to her children. And she finds him, and oh, I've oh, I lost it so hard because she's just so happy that he's okay and that he has a job and a nice wife and a kid. All right, now, what is this about? You got two older sisters, right? Shirley and Diane? Diane so Am I right? He's a Who are you? Is this some sort of sick joke? Did I lock no. your brother up or something? Do you know where your sisters are? No, I do. That's ridiculous. No, I've tried to find my sisters for the last 20 years. The records are sealed, even for a cop. Okay, all right, but you remember this lady? This lady with a million cats? Her name is Agnes Miller. She still lives in your old neighborhood. Cats. I do remember a lady with cats. I right. know you remember we'll Agnes. Her. her name's Agnes Miller. And then call a family named Timerson in Sacramento. I swear to God, that's where your sisters grew up. How can you possibly know any of this? This is my grandbaby. And she's just so like that relief that is brought to that she gets from that is so because she is just she's the thing joy. that is so special she's about joy. Alfrey Woodard's acting and I think the reason that she plays a lot of moms is because her energy is so outward and it's something we talk about in acting a lot like when you're 
the best acting is always when you are listening to other people, trying to do things for other people. When you're not thinking about yourself, you're think your thinking is outward, your energy is outward. And that's also a deep mom energy because as moms, moms are always trying to like solve a problem, make sure their kids are okay. Their energy is always outward. And I think that's what is so moving to me about her, especially in this performance, is that she is constantly trying to take care of everyone else and her energy is always out. And like you said, she has an opinion about everyone around her and it's all radiating out of her. It's never about what am I feeling? It's what do I feel about that? It's how do I take care of this person? You and, know? And is there nothing more heartbreaking than joy and loss? So she realizes that her son is okay. And that it's time for her to go. And she looks at Robert Downey Jr. And she says, I'm saying goodbye to both my sons. Thomas, don't work too hard. Okay. And it's okay to be a good guy. <laughs> Pay more attention to what you're eating. Julia, hi to John. You stop driving so fast and call your mother once in a while. I love you guys. Hit it. Yeah. And she's smiling while she says that. And, and, and you can't, you cannot bottle that kind of talent. Like, no. and I just, I just remember thinking as a kid seeing that, like, yeah, just such a revelation. Like, it was just this person giving me all of these kinds of gifts. And as a 10-year-old, I was ready to receive these gifts. <laughs> and so hard. And, you know, I haven't talked about her on this podcast. You know, it's it's a weird, interesting thing to be a fan of someone. That's this this thing that happens when it's so special and it's yours. Alfrey's not mine. Alfrey's so many people's. I mean, I am not in the minority here of celebrating this woman's career. Um, but it does feel, you know, that kind of ownership that we talk about mm -hmm. that kind of like, this is, I put, I put this, this thing in my room. In fact, I have not revisited. I purposely have not revisited this movie in over a decade. And I knew every beat of it girl. Oh, and the song walk like a man. I, I, whoo, puddles, 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 it's puddles. so joyful. I even cried like that y'all. And, well, since I watched another Alfrey movie this week, <laughs> um, but but I uh, it felt it was so refreshing. It was so refreshing to put. Obviously, it's my birthday. I'm dealing with some emotions. I'm watching a childhood classic, dealing with more shit. A lot of this is about my. You know, I'm not probably not going to see my mom for a really long time. Um, who's my beloved, and so I shared some of this with her. But it was really nice to just have this and put put our emotions on there, right? Was it? Didn't that feel great? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just felt refreshing. I had so. I mean, she can take. She takes me there. Doesn't you know, she? I don't have the same uh, relationship that you do with her, but I, and she's always been one of my favorite actors, and she really, really can take me there. So this is where she became friends with Robert Downey Jr. And she actually did the singing detective, which I've always been interested in seeing. I've never seen with him. He played the singing detective mm -hmm. I think in 2006. And she, they, they became really good friends. They really stuck by her. And I don't know if you battle angels watch those Marvel movies, but they um, needed an actress to kind of make the case 
during Civil War for why, why, why Iron Man was going to be fighting Captain America. And so Robert Downey Jr. enlists his good old friend Alfred Woodard for a two-minute scene to basically convince Iron Man, like, what you're doing is wrong. And, and they're, in the, they're going on the elevator, and he thinks he's just talking to a pedestrian, and she's like, you killed my son. Uh, your your destruction is destroying lives, and it made me <laughs> it made me realize I know, I know it made me realize like that's what you do with Miss Alfrey when you need to uh, control the narrative. They did that in Twelve Years a Slave. Do you remember that scene? Yes, an amazing scene, Alfrey in Twelve Years a Slave. That's what I'm saying. And so so here's where and this is where I'm going to pass my baton over to Nick because Miss Alfrey has. 18 Emmys. And what I realized was... Emmy nominations. Emmy nominations. She has four wins. And what I realized was, if you if you need to really cook up some, some awards buzz, you plop her in there, babies. You plop her in there because she will destroy she need, it. She doesn't need more than 90 seconds. Nope. No. Nope. And she'll take over the whole thing. She had a huge TV career after Cross Creek. She was on Hill Street Blues... L.A. Law, L.A. Law, for which she was in the pilot of L.A. Law and was, I think, won the Emmy for Best Guest Actress that year just for, like, just being a guest actress. If she didn't win, she was nominated. And then she was on the first season of St. Elsewhere as a series regular, nominated for Best Lead Actress in a series. And then she left that show, came back the next season just for one episode, was nominated for just that one episode. Like, that's... She just makes it rain at the Emmys. So... The Emmys, the mob that just formed to dismantle the Oscars, leave the Emmys alone because right now I'm here for the Emmys because of their very knowledgeable taste in recognizing Alfre Woodard at every fucking second. All hail the Emmys. Now, let's talk a little bit more about Alfre on TV. She was also nominated for an Emmy for a little show called Desperate Housewives. <laughs> Did you watch this shit, bitch? No, but the whole second season revolves around Alfrey, and I think we should do it for the Patreon. Oh, oh. Yeah. It's like the last episode of season one sets her up. It was really big when she came into it. Like, the fans. Yeah, it was this huge. Is, people don't remember. People loved this. This was like... The soapy sick. I don't think it has aged well. I'm going to guess it hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we'll we'll do it on the Patreon for you one of these days. Um, She also did a sitcom with Gina Davis that was short-lived called Sarah, which we, someone please send us. I actually think I saw some of that. Really? Is it on YouTube? No, in, in real time. Oh, really? Oh, wait. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Maybe Gina Davis was in another thing. No, I didn't see Sarah. Sorry. Scrap that. Oh, shit. But she also did the TV movie remake of one of Jason's favorite movies, Still Magnolias, and she played Weeza. And it's actually a pretty good adaptation of Still Magnolias. She was not, that was her last Emmy nomination, 2012. Mm hmm. Was for um, Weeza. For Weeza, and Felicia Rashad is Clary, and it's a really beautiful version. Jill Scott and um, Sanaa Lathan. It's great. Um, it was on Lifetime. And then her biggest crowning achievement on television, which we did not watch for this episode, which we're not covering, but we should cover at some point, is as Nurse Eunice Evers in Miss Evers Boys, 
which was a miniseries that was on HBO. It was like one of the OG HBO miniseries. And this is like in 97. Mm -hmm. It was about the Tuskegee experiment where basically the United States government experimented on uh, black soldiers. They, they did all these experiments and they weren't telling what they, what they were. And they gave them all syphilis. It's disgusting. Yes. They gave it. It was terrible. Awful. Like these men were scarred for years and years and years. And the government, of course, covered it up because it's terrible white supremacy. Alfre was on this miniseries. And do you want to hear who she beat for this Emmy? Because she won this Emmy. Who, babe? The other nominees were Stockard Channing in something called An Unexpected Family, Glenn Close for In the Gloaming, Helen Mirren for fucking Prime Suspect, her greatest role, Shoot. and Meryl fucking Streep for, for First Do No Harm. It's called First Do No Harm in ABC TV movie. What? Alfrey smoked all of them. That is a motherfucking category. What? Yes. Alfrey Woodard just laying waste to all those divas. Oh. Oh, I love that. Do you anyway, that's a, that's, that's a quick trip through Alfrey Woodard's television career. That's um, sick and sick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the thing is, what is so sick about all of this is that she was basically Miss Alfred was doing films, a, probably a couple every year since she since she started, literally a couple oh, yeah. every year. And she was OG doing um, this was before people who were doing movies were doing um uh, TV and she had no problem. And so like when you when if you did, if you if you pulled up her film uh, uh, and her and her television credits, it's like they're they're going side by side. I mean, this woman was nonstop working. She's an agent's dream. She talked about how um, she was asked, like, "Did you blow up after Cross Creek?" And she looks at the interviewer and she says, "I've never blown up. Hmm. I have had to. You know, it's always a fluke when a black woman." Uh, get something. It's always a one-off. So everything I do, I'm reproving myself. And, and I know it's disgusting. It's sick. Um, but I'm I'm grateful that she had that in her because again, we're just going to keep clocking it down. So let's get to the next movie, babe. Okay. Next movie is a little film called Down in the Delta, or as I like to call it, Down in the Delta Dawn. <laughs> Um, this is a great movie. It's from 1998. It's directed by a uh, queen of all things, Maya Angelou. And I was kind of wondering, like, is this, mm -hmm. I feel like this is Alfrey at her height. This is Alfrey at like the height of her fame. Cause this is one of the few movies that's a starring vehicle for Alfrey Woodard. Yeah. Well, like she said, she was, she's never been at the height. She never has believed that she was at the height of her fame. And I believe that she's never really been given, uh, right. you know, to me, she is, to me, she is a, a screen legend on par with all the greats. Um, mm -hmm. And I, but because I think she is a black woman, no one believed that that, you know, no, like no one believed that she could be the Meryl Streep of of her generation. Um, so much better than Meryl Streep. <laughs> I know we're not about comparing women on this podcast, but and we don't you don't need to compare people. And like art is subjective. So don't at, or you can fucking at me. I don't care. <laughs> Let me read this to you. The, uh, this was a review from Roger Ebert. Year after year, in film after film, I've seen Alfred Woodard at work. She is on that very short list of people who rarely seem to appear in anything unworthy. 
Films may work or they may not, but you don't sense cynicism in her choices. She looks for roles that look like they need to be played. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that uh, that truth really does come through. And I love that, like, yeah, she, she has some stuff that maybe hasn't worked, but she, but she always talks about like the script is the most important thing to her and she, and, and that's kind of what guides her choices. And I really do feel like um, the nineties were just home. So many home runs, girl. Uh, so many home runs. I mean, I think that this is also a big home run for her. This movie. She's so, she's incredible. What's in it about? She gets to, she gets to play such an arc, you know. It's about uh, a woman, a mother living in Chicago with her two kids. She's got a son who's quite brilliant and um, like he's like 11 or something and he's a he wants to be a photographer. He takes pictures of people down by Lake Michigan to make money and she has a daughter who's autistic who is kind of nonverbal. She just kind of screams all the time and she also lives with her mother and this woman I would say is struggling with alcoholism in a very serious way and can't really get a job. And her mom basically sends her and her kids down in the Delta to stay with her uncle. And this is what we're talking about though. I just want to interject the, the, the her ability to, to me, she is a alpha. <laughs> I'm getting really woo woo here. Alfie Woodard is a guide. And like I said, if you just watch her, if you just spend that time looking at her, she, she guides you into the truths of the moment and there's a she tries to kind of pick her life up at the beginning when she's still in chicago and goes for um a job interview and she gets all dressed up in this gorgeous other outfit and she, she has joy and she walks in and he says that she has to take a simple math test and you can see all of the dominoes falling inside of her mm -hmm. and she starts pleading and then she just becomes defeated and then she's back out on the street and every choice she makes makes sense because Alfrey is guiding us into right. that. Because her thought that. is so clear. So clear. It's going to be kind of funny, kittens, because we're just going to keep talking. We are straight up at 44 minutes right now. We haven't even got... <laughs> yep, honeys. There's hard to find clips on this because it... Tr I know, podcast. It's a visual. So much of it exists in her eyes. Right. It all lives in her eyes. Doesn't it? It all lives in her eyes, yeah. I mean, I had a really good time watching this movie. I had never seen it before. I think it's a little capitalist, but that's okay. <laughs> it was the nineties. Yeah, just kind of like how Wesley Snipes comes to the town. And snack, all like, right? One of the snackiest snack. scenes. I, I mean, when he's not adorned, Wesley like Snipes can get attire, it. He can get it. He can all get the time. It all the time. <laughs> all the day. You can get it right now. It took my breath um, away almost. He was so snacky in this. Um, we don't need to take. We don't need to take them through this entire movie. No, 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 no. It's a really good watch. This one, yes, yes. And so it's so what, what Alfred does is, you know, she she goes down and lives with people, and she kind of she 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 has a, you know, um, a, a kind of change of heart. But it's it's always believable. You always still believe that the person you see at the end is still that person from the beginning, even though she's making different choices. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's she mm -hmm. still keep, she still keeps a person to the core. She's this wounded child, and she acts like a child in front of her kids. Her kids have to be the mm -hmm. adult. And, but it's, but it's told so warmly and you're able to just, it, it doesn't wallow in the misery. You're able to just be in love um, and, 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 and watch wonderful people. It really made me think about these. This is, this is Michelle's, my mom's kind of movie. 
Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yeah, watch this, with, watch your this mom. with your mom, watch this with your mom and give it's a also hug. about family mm-hmm. and legacy and that, Oh, we won't spoil the, the twist about a candelabra, but even hearing that phrase, a twist about a candelabra, you're like, Hmm, no, but stick with it. The twist about the candelabra is really good. No, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So is it time? Sorry. Now I'm rushing. Cause I'm like, is it time? Is it time? Time for what? The, the, the passion of the fish. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Fuck. So I know I took the lead on that last Shit. one, but I took the lead on this one too. Um, this is the moment where I'm going to actively try to turn this podcast into a passion fish only podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast where you mean- we just talk about the film passion fish. Cause this for me was my Alfrey everything in junior high, because it also stars another diva of mine, Miss Mary McDonald. I mean, this is a true. So this, so Mary McDonald was also in Grand Canyon, and yes. I mean, if, so you it's think a reunion. Grand, if you think Grand Canyon's a slice of life, hold your slice of life pants up, honey, because this is true slice huh. of life. This is like indie nineties that like you don't ever see anymore. Ever. It's like one of the OG nineties indie movies. It's so good. It's about a soap star played by Mary McDonald who is in a car accident, and so she is now a paraplegic. She moves down to her family's home in Louisiana to basically die and rot and lay around. And she burns through all these different, this setup is so good. She burns through all of these nurses. Like she can't keep a nurse because she's too mean. She like throws scrambled eggs at them. She just, she is Mary McDonald in this movie is full COVID-19 Nick. Cause what does she like to do? Sit on the she couch and drink not change wine. Her- sit on a cloud to drink wine and watch TV. And I was like, whoa, this looks fucking familiar. I, would I don't think my legs work either. <laughs> After this glass, it won't. Um, they, uh, I was like, honey, if you, honey, it's hard for you to go pee pee. Maybe like, I don't know, chill on that. That was my concern because you know me, you know me and my bladder. <laughs> I know. The other way I was just like Mary McDonald in this movie is we have the same hair right now. And also she tries to lift that five pound weight and she just can't get it up. And that is me. Every time I tried like the one day a week, I try to exercise. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I just told you like, I'm going to start crying as mine. So I can (laughs) conquer. Um, My body is completely atrophied. So yeah. So she Um, runs through all of these people and then, and then, and then then here we come. Right off the bus, Chantel, played by Alfrey Woodard, who is the nurse who's going to change it all. I'm Chantel. Didn't think they'd send another one. How long have you been without somebody? I dropped the remote. I think it's behind the couch. You really ought to have a ramp out there. Oh, shit. You haven't been taking mine. Did Japan had an accident here? I'll help you wash up. Listen, Cheryl. Chantel. You got any problems? Personal problems. I don't want to hear them. And again, I mean, what? What are the other? What are the adjectives for beautiful? I'm not smart enough, like, to describe the beauty and grace in this performance. I'm she mm-hmm. hardly speaks in this film and you're going to walk away fully knowing everything about this person. Yeah. We probably won't have a lot of clips for this movie either because 
she doesn't speak a lot, but <laughs> but she tells you a whole story. No, but she will tell you everything, every every reaction. It's it's all the it's all the told untold tr- um, truths and experiences. This is a beautifully written. Um, John Sales also, who directed this, also wrote this, and he talks about he talked about. I'm fucking Charlie Rose. If I see, if I have to watch another fucking Charlie Rose interview to get some like tea on these, this old shit, I'm going to explode. I'm going to fucking, that is the worst interviewer I've ever seen. Um, The worst him. But John Sales talks about how both of these, both of these women were single children and they both, and they both are kind of selfish and they both need something. Uh, they both need something in this moment and they come together and clash because of that. And I love the, the, the kind of um, different dichotomies that are, are happening mm-hmm. in both their lives. Um, Alfrey yeah. plays an, another addict or a recovering addict and she uh, can't see her child and she really needs this job. So she's going to st- she's going to, she's not going to put up with Mary McDonald's bullshit. Are you going to do something to get stronger? And why do you think I need to be stronger? Because the next one may not be so nice as me. Right. And you're Florence fucking Nightingale. You got a telephone anytime you want to get rid of my ass. Yeah, and it's amazing because Mary McDonald is a complete asshole at the beginning of this movie. Like, I get it. Oh, and then amazing cameo in this film from Dame Angela Bassett. Okay, I was thinking about you so hard. I was like... My girl is gonna gag rewatching this. This perfect. I, for, I forgot that she Angela Bassett comes to visit Louisiana as this um, soap star who used to work with Mary McDonald, and she is in the greatest outfit, driving like a Ferrari. It's amazing. She and Alfrey have a great scene. So, uh, Eva Rowney, Chicago, really. Me too. Coolie eye. Disabled. Where'd you live? Euclid Street. Ooh, Bill Hill. Father must have been a doctor. Huh. I'm from out of Cabrini Green. It's a long way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, how's she doing? See for yourself. Well, I don't think I could handle it. You and her good friends. We spend a lot of time together. Work, you know. Yeah. You two seem to uh, get along pretty well. We spend a lot of time together. It's like Mm -hmm. we, we find out these little clues that make up these people throughout this film. It's so beautiful. If you all watch it, make, don't you think, make it, um, make it sacred. Mm-hmm. There are two hymns in this movie who I'm deeply for. Oh, we're, let's talk about okay, it. Okay, snack. Vondi, Vondi Curtis Hall, snack attack to the major, plays this kind of like cowboy who flirts with Alfrey Woodard, and he is so sexy. My panties dropped the second he showed up on screen. Well, my panties dropped when the other snack, David Strathairum, showed up in like. Ooh. I am so here for David Strathairn. I'm here for this fucking New Orleans accent he has that is flawless. He's so thin. Him in that little boat with the, his little like lower back sticking up out of the bottom of his t-shirt. 
The movie never tries to make a thing out about really about what these women are going through. It's about their experiences and their kind of small redemptions. And I'm mm-hmm. really, you know, like Alfre Woodard, there's never that canned fucking scene that they always do in addict movies where like, she's going to go back to whatever, you know, drug possessed her. And like, it's going to be an ordeal. Like there's none of that. When she visits her, her father and her, daughter come down and it's just this beautifully realized scene I have been missing you so much I messed up I got caught in something bad and I lost you you didn't forget about me did you Can we talk about Oscars on this? Because Yeah, okay. But this I just the last thing I have to say about this movie before I get angry and try to form my mob again is this is another just slice of life. Oh, I told I already said that, babe. I said this is a, Did you? Yeah, remember this at the beginning like, I said if you thought we said Grand Canyon was a slice of life. Get oh, ready. right. This is Nick's like fucking, Nick's like, I, I gotta th- tell you. I thought you said that about down in the Delta. But no. that's all that's also a slice of life. That's a little bit more of an extraordinary slice of life. I would say this is just a real slice. Down in the Delta to me was a Hallmark movie, more so, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, just a happy mom. Watch it with your mom, watch it with some popcorn, cry and hug, and talk about your life. Like this movie is um yeah, put on the brakes, sit in with these characters. It's beautifully shot. I think it's beautifully realized. Let's get angry. Let's get, let's get fucking angry. angry. Okay. Because uh, let's get the mob. Okay. Do you guys remember in the Beauty and the Beast? Okay. Well, you are all of them form. You were reading when, my mail. <laughs> I want I you to form a mob you. like this. Like they're all what? pitchforking. They're marching yes. up to the castle. <laughs> yes, this is what we need to do right now. Okay, Battle Angels, get the Beth Army together. We're gonna storm the Oscars again and burn it down. Through your courage to the sticking place. We're counting on Gaston to lead the way. So this Oscars year of Passion Fish, Mary McDonnell is nominated for Best Lead Actress. Alfre Woodard is not nominated for Best Supporting Actress. But you know, uh, she is nominated for the Golden Globe. This is another very controversial Oscars year, though, because we've talked about it here before, but I'm really going to get into it. Because this is the Oscars where Judy Davis loses to Marissa Tomei. And I am completely for Marissa Tomei. And I'm for that, that performance, performance, so watch out. I'm for that performance. so excellent. No, it's so excellent. Judy Davis happens to be delivering one of my favorite performances in the history of cinema and Husbands and Wives. But Alfrey not even being nominated so that they can nominate Catherine Deneuve and fucking Miranda Richardson, who I love them both. They're great. But like, honestly, Enchanted April for Vanessa Redgrave for Enchanted April, like they didn't even know what they were doing. The Golden Globes nominated Miranda Richardson in supporting for Enchanted April, but then nominated her for some other movie for the Oscar and Vanessa Redgrave for Enchanted April. Enchanted April is not a great movie. Okay. Sally Port, Sally Hope, Sally Port, 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 Sally
are your other options? Okay, used people came out that year. You had a, you had a Kathy Bates option for supporting actress. Death Becomes Her came out this year, nominated for the Golden Globes, not for this. You had Alfre Woodard for Passion Fish, nominated for the Golden Globe, not the Academy Award. And then you had the entire cast, the entire cast of A League of Their Own, many of whom were nominated for the Golden Globe, but fucking Lori Petty alone. So good. I mean, it's maybe the greatest supporting actress year ever because when I think I watched A League of Their Own early in quarantine and my partner had never seen it before and we were both in bits but that performance from Lori petty is one of the greatest performances of all time so when i think of an academy awards that could have been judy davis marissa tomei alfrey woodard Lori petty and goldie hawn for death becomes her that's the kind of motion picture industry that <laughs> i want to believe in let me give my two cents i no one fucking wins for comedy and the fact that Marissa Tomei got a win for a comedic role is very inspiring. Here's yes, the I fucking agree. tea, though, kitty cats, kitty cat and kittens. You can't do what the fuck Alfred did in Passion Fish. You want you might th- see this and think it's easy. It's a- actor Nick. Is what she's doing easy? Is do, no. can other people do? It, you no can, one can do it. No one can do that. No one can. And that's why they cast her because she is one of the very few people who has the ability to interact and just, just interact um, with her body and with her eyes and with her emotions and instantly tell you everything that's happening. She, she packs in so much, you guys, and it's impossible. It's it's so so impossible to do. You can run, run laps around dialogue, but to do that. This is what I realized when I was watching passion fish last night is that Alfrey endows her characters with 8,000% more complexity than is in the script. And she does that by bringing her full self to the movie and letting the character have her full self. And it's this kind of ineffable thing. And the only other person I know who does it like that for me on film is Judy Dench. You know, who just those eyes are windows to the soul and she can just, she's so present. She brings her full Judy Denchness to everything. And that, and Judy, similarly to Alfrey can win an Oscar for like 90 seconds of screen time because the presence is so huge and the eyes, she really is willing to open up her soul and let you see every single inch of it. And it's just so full. And that's when I was thinking about it last night, I was like, Judy Dench is the only other person I know who does that. Wow. I love that comparison. I Mm -hmm. love that. She's she's the American Judy Dench to me. (laughs) And hopefully we have as she'll be as old as Judy Dench and we'll have a million more great films for her. Okay. Speaking of her most recent film. So we're jumping around. Like I said, we're jumping around. Say this us. is a really good, like going off what I just said is a really good way to introduce the film Clemency, which was the film that she made last, that came out last year in which she plays a warden uh, on a death row. Right. Um, oh God. Seeing this was a thing. Seeing this was such a, you know, I, I didn't realize it, but it was kind of the experience of seeing this movie. It was like seeing Bette in concert the first time. I don't, the analogy is like seeing your sports team in the grand finale pre-World Cup Super Bowl. That's, um, that's soccer, right? 
Was that a soccer? That's a soccer yeah. tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. The Super Bowl is a soccer <clears throat> yes, event. The nerves I had walking into that was at that level. And it was, it was comparable to seeing Bette Midler in concert because all I wanted was this person that I love and admire to do, to be as, to be, to be as great as I know them to be and everyone experiencing them as great as I know them to be. And Alfred doesn't get lead roles. And this was a big yeah. lead role. And this again had Oscar buzz. And I think pretty sure by the time I saw it going into it, I kind of knew that she wasn't even on the short list. So I was full of emotion, you know, and of course, how can you be ready for when it's a full lead role from Alfre Woodard? What is so amazing in this movie? She talks about, Alfre talks about in interviews that we're all very aware of um, PTSD for, for people who come back from war. And she says, but no one knows about the PTSD for people who have to deal with death. And this is about a, a black warden who has to deal with killing black uh, men. Yeah. And this, and kind of what goes behind it and what's so fascinating about this movie is they snap the light from her eyes and i have never seen alfred without the light in her eyes you know for the past seven years you've blocked every single attempt i've made to try to get him to be treated like a human being you're gonna kill him is not enough i have treated him like a human being every step of the way is that my job to bypass the rules to accommodate your special request? Special request. How is it a special request? Open the gates, please. I'd like to leave now. That's I have to maintain request. order and safety in this prison. I got over a thousand bodies that I have to ensure are safe and accounted for. It's hard enough without you complicating things. What you have to do is protect yourself now that this place is under fire since you botched the last execution. Get out of my Put office. Put up the barricades, keep the outside world out so you can kill him as under the radar as possible. Get out. And remove any dignity the man has left to boot. Go. Yeah, I'm going, but I'm not going far, just so you know. I am going to fight for him right up until the very moment you stick that needle in his arm. And so yeah, I sat it's, curled up, holding myself with my It's crazy face to covered. watch her almost, almost play someone who has hidden her entire soul you know, or dampened it or like locked it in a box somewhere way in the pit of her stomach. Cause that's not why you because see she Alfrey. Just, that's not that it's, it's so different for her. It's such a different role. And oh, I, oh, I was on edge the whole time. I saw it by myself. I didn't move. You know, I, I barely could breathe. You can't, this movie is a nightmare. Um, it's, a low such, it's so hard to watch. And also shout out to Aldous Hodge in this movie who was on turn with me um, and who's a lovely guy, but his performance is also like heartbreaking world heartbreaking. And I don't That's mean a him. I'm for I, that is a him. I'm deeply for Aldous Hodge. Look him up. He's also beautiful. I don't mean nightmare in the way that it's scary. I mean, nightmare in, 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 in the way that this character isn't breathing and so you're not breathing. And, mm -hmm. and she has, um, she breaks out, you know, she is so, she has to be so tight, tightly wound. And for her, what she, what, you know, what, what, what she's trying to express is I give dignity to these men. I'm the one that can give this kind of dignity. And so she's putting all of this energy to uh, doing a job that just exists, but she's not taking care of herself. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's just this tense two hours. I mean, it's, which ends with the most extraordinary close-up I've ever seen in film. It's this, I don't know how long, five-minute close-up? Wordless again. Who You Wordless. cannot do this. 
Except to be at this level. For his face. And it's, uh, but also I can't think of another actor who could pull this close up off. Mm -mm. Like it's, it belongs in the Louvre, this close up, like on repeat, we should just watch it. It's so remarkable what she does. You uh, uh, please rent this movie. It's also a super indie movie. I mean, last year it was interesting because it was the same year as our uh, Mary Kay places triumph in Diane and I in the Oscars in my mind, you cancel the best actor category and you just let the two acting trophies for the year go to Mary Kay Place and Alfre Woodard. And then you make sure our entire country is socialist and then it's better. Did I tell you this? I went to an abolitionist dinner um, celebrating uh, this really amazing guy who's been a, um, you know, fuck the jail system, by the way, fuck, fuck, fuck it. It's disgusting. The privatization yes. of it is horrifying. Yes. It's one of the biggest blights on our country. Gotta get that out of the way first. I fucking mm -hmm. hate it more than anything. I don't like yes. seeing movies set in prison because it makes me sick for weeks. And I went to, I went to this app, um, um, uh, death penalty, um, abolitionist, uh, dinner celebrating this wonderful man that I knew. And, <laughs> and, there was, a, there was another movie called Just Mercy. There was this, I think maybe another movie. Just Mercy is a terrific uh -huh. movie. And so they had a lot a lot of the people from the film there. And they, they announced that as we had, we're all, as we had, after we had all sat down, that the people from these films were there. Girl, I picked up my napkin and I, and I covered my face. <laughs> and I had to ask, I was like, do you have any idea? Do you, do you all know if, if Alfred Woodard is here or if she's in this room? Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to start crying. I'm going to have to leave. Like I'm going to, I, my thought was I'm just going to leave. And then I was like, <laughs> no, but, but before you leave, you're just going to awkwardly come go up to her table where, where we're all being sat down and, you know, being given food. And she wasn't, Oh my. And in some ways I'm so grateful that she wasn't there because if, because you got to actually stay in for the dinner. I got to say for the dinner, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have to, I didn't like shake and cry in front of a ton, a ton of people <laughs> and just embarrass myself. And then, you know, what if we, what if she listens to this podcast? I'll be mortified, but I was so close to her, but uh, uh, yeah, but I got to hear them speak. And it was just, it was really, really wonderful. Great movie. Mm. Great movie. It's a great really movie. intense. <laughs> like really intense. If you want to, if you want to dive into the pits of Alfre's soul, watch this movie because i know i do but i don't know if i could watch it again she actually um, with that same year if, if you do watch yeah i'm not gonna watch that movie again um if you wanted to like kind of have a little more upkeep her husband who's a great writer uh, she's married since 83 he wrote a netflix original called juanita and that's just kind of a real she kind of goes on the road and just kind of tries to reclaim her life it's a weird movie it's it's pretty weird but it's definitely a balm for the soul from that, but it's also a lead. So she actually had two leads in one year. Extraordinary. I love that. Make more movies for Alfred Woodard. We don't, I mean, we don't deserve her. No. But she deserves huge amounts of material that are, is really interesting and dynamic for her. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's end on a really high note of her career. Okay. Okay, this, okay, so for me, well, <laughs> you might think like I'm going to tell you to watch Heart and Souls. Go ahead and watch Heart and Souls. I don't fucking care what you think about it. Um, it's my movie. It's going to always be my movie. It's uh, going to be, you know, all my emotions are on it. I actually told Nick, so you think I was crying 
during the podcast, I was crying before it. I rewatched just one of the scenes and Nick and Nick called and Nick picked up and I'm like, I did it again. And he's like, Oh honey, stop. I couldn't stop. Um, uh, but this, but so obviously watch Heart and Soul, watch all of these movies, but um, this would be the movie. Uh, if you don't really know Alfred Woodard and you just want to see one, just such a terrific summer, I think maybe going to be my annual watching of summer, this film. Summer, yes. It's such a summer You can vibe. feel the heat off this movie. You can yes. feel the Brooklyn heat on this fucking picture. It's a Spike mm-hmm. Lee joint um, from 1994 and it's called Crooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a shout out to uh, my beloved uh, Chris Livingston, who was on our Beyonce episode. And yes, go back and download that episode. It's great. And also he's on Mindhunter on Netflix. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's fabulous. And we, um, he knew we were, we were in college together. And I told him, you know, as I do that, my favorite actress was Alfre Woodard. And he said, oh, have you seen Crooklyn? And this was when we were in the middle of all of our feelings. Uh, Hot 21. Honey, talk about crying. I, mm. Oh, it's, it is, again, this is a real slice of life too. Alfred loves a slice of life movie. She loves it. Yeah. It takes place in Brooklyn in the 1970s, the summer of 73. And it's semi-autobiographical by Spike Lee. And he's even in it. He plays a glue sniffer. He's in on it. The he, blog. Wrote, he wrote he's this really with funny. His, he wrote this with his sister. He's really funny. He wrote this with his sister. And it's about them growing up in, in Bed-Stuy. And this and and it, and it focuses on this little girl's experience named Zelda Harris. Who's just Zelda Harris, this actress, like Diva You Should Know, <laughs> also in the OG Babysitters Club. And here's but this performance, give her an Oscar for this. Well, here's what I Why love are about we her. fucking with Anna Paquin with the, the oh, piano? Brilliant. Zelda Harris. This is this is our Beauty and the Beast uh, Oscar um uh, uh, <laughs> Oscar Attack Podcast. We don't like what we don't understand it. Battle Well, they are battle angels, huh? They are kind of battle. They're, they were ready for battle. Our fans were made for battle. <laughs> Diva up, Diva up. Um, I, um, I love about. I just want to say, I love about Zelda Harris, and this is how I feel about child actors. Is she did this, and now she's like a teacher in California, and I'm like, that's what you should do with the kids. Really? Let them, let them do some good stuff, and then let's stop. The parents, children in this movie are extraordinary. Are they extra- the, the older son unfortunately died in 2006. The one with the glasses? Yes. And oh. is it he just, honey? So good. Oh. So beautiful. And that one kind of nerdy one with the broken arm. Oh. oh I, I can't get over these kids. They're so specific. And this family is so beautiful. And the great Delroy Lindo plays the father. Is he not but great? He's that so relate- good. <laughs> Okay, so my main my main note for Crooklyn uh-huh. was Alfred Woodard has no false notes, zero false notes. Okay, she can't; she's incapable of a false moment. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She plays this she, again. She plays another mother, and here's the thing: she plays it's all of these, mom it's, part. but it, it but it but it isn't. It's another. It's a woman's part. She is a mother. They're so different. I we not we were she's she's at heart a character actress, and all of these women are just. Distinctively different human yes. beings. I mean, we adore our Bette Midler. I adore her acting. But Bette's kind of Bette. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Alfrey just has a complete idea. And it's this mom who is 
who's struggling. Her husband is a musician and he's not making any money. And it's always the thing. Like you can see when he's talking, she gives him this look. That's what at once compassion. She's tired. She's weary. She doesn't she's frustrated. Frustrated. With him. She's, she's jealous that he gets to do something he loves. It's that it says marriage is hard, man. Um, <laughs> Say it girl. Come on. It's that it is. It's hard yeah. to have to like pay the bills with somebody and have, especially with artists, because like sometimes yeah. you're in the money. And there's that one line in this movie where Delroy Lindo is like, well, what about that time back in the day when I used to make all the money? And you can tell he at one time was extremely successful. And that is the case with a lot of us. In case you're not an artist listening to this, sometimes you make a lot of money and then sometimes you have years when you do not. And you write and on hope. Alfrey, Do you know what I mean? You write on yeah. hope. But that means but that's you writing on hope. That doesn't mean that the other family can survive on hope. Like you're no. writing on it. They're not surviving. And Alfred's trying to be a supportive partner, but she's she has a house full of crazy kids who's and and you know what I loved about this? Yes. It's so summer in New York. It's like that kind of where people where you get on the street and someone might just want to yell at you. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's that kinetic and energy. there are crazy people there are people on drugs there's a crazy gay neighbor rupaul's in this gr- rupaul has a cameo in this it's very fabulous this is pre-fracking rupaul is in this and it's great though it's on peacock right now if you want to watch it it is it's, free. it's on peacock and you know I don't know if I want to stop talking about Alfred now. So what else can we do? We're Come on, baby. Keep drumming it up. Keep drumming stuff to, up. We're going to talk over. about her on the Patreon. I'm going to tell you about this whole movie. Okay. So here's how it starts. <laughs> it starts in 1973. <laughs> I don't want to let her go. Um, you know who's a diva in this movie that everyone should know is whoever that woman is who plays the aunt. <laughs> <laughs> what a wacky, funny performance that is. <laughs> um... With her little dog, her little baby. Oh my God, Aunt Song. <laughs> Francis Ford. Fo- Francis Foster is her name. Aunt Song. Aunt oh, Song. Man. She. Um. Are you kidding me? This is what a, a childhood summer is like. And there's beautiful moments. Um. Where I feel like we're because Alfrey's Alfrey's frazzled and she's you know and it's, and sometimes she's like trying to smack her kids around and she's screaming at them but again of course with Alfrey she's screaming at them and tending to them at the same time as only Alfrey can do do what I told you to do hey you get up get up all your little peters at attention get up boy now hey little one everybody get your butt out of that mudley everybody I'm sick of it
mornings where the daughter will wake up and she will um, go into her mother and, and Alfred's beautifully lit and she's serene and she brings her mother some tea. Morning, Ladybug. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm good. Are you eat some breakfast? No, thank you. Troy, I was wondering... How would you like to go down and spend a few weeks with cousin Viola down in Virginia after school's out? Aunt Song and Uncle Clem ask if you'd like to come. No, thank you. What are you gonna do this summer? I don't know. I'm teaching summer school. You can't be running up and down the street after your brothers all day long. Would I miss my birthday? You would spend it with them. That would be good. That would be great. Would you please eat some breakfast? I have to go to work. And I think that that is um, kind of a way of remembering your parents and remembering your time. To me, that's almost like a memory because of what happens in the film. <sighs> and which is, which is, Alfred gets sick and mm -hmm. dies in this movie. Spoiler. Sorry, but if you're already two hours into this Alfred Woodard podcast, you probably know that. And but, oh, but the ending, this beautiful. Oh God. This beautiful letter that Alfrey gives to her daughter is so, it's so gorgeous. Her daughter just turns 10 and, she, and the last thing Alfrey tells her daughter is, you have to take care of your younger brother. That's your responsibility. That's the thing that she can tell her. And the gravitas that Alfrey brings to this role is, is so set in stone that he doesn't have to milk anything. He doesn't have to manipulate the emotions. And she, um, she just... Uh, at the very end, we're going to have to play the clip because she just has a little bit of a moment where she where she uh, uh, says goodbye to her, her daughter and she passes on the gift of a mother to a daughter and then the daughter starts um, combing her little brother's hair. Dear Ladybug, how are you? I miss you so very much. I can't believe you just turned 10. All of your kids are growing up so rapidly. Ladybug, you turned out pretty good considering you were raising a house full of ashy, rusty-butt boys. And just the weight that Alfrey brings to it and the beauty and then again the joy too. She's so joyful. Joy, She's so, so bright. Much joy. Bright in the face. Yeah. The, 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 the wisdom. The unknowable wisdom. Oh, it just sends me reeling. It just, it's a great, great movie. Again, I'm, I think I'm going to make it my, I think I'm going to make, I have, you know, you always have the, you know, I got my fall movies. I got my winter movies. This is my summer movie. I, mm -hmm. this is it, this and like, <laughs> I like last summer we did some like it hot. Like that's a summer movie. That's like, a great you know, summer movie. 
those movies that are just for the summer. This is also a good COVID movie for any moms listening who are frustrated with their kids who like think they're going to murder their children right now. Because it's so much about a mom just being cooped up with their kids in the hot, hot city. Except Alfred can send them outside to play, which you all can't really do right now. But, you know, it's still good. I also think the whole family can watch this movie. I love how I'm talking to, like, people <laughs> who listen to our podcast. Our 14, our, yeah, yeah, or our 14-year-old listeners. There might, I mean, who knows? Who? Oh, God, who knows? Ah, I don't want to, um, um, but, but definitely. But, yeah, make make this one a summer watch for the whole fam. Yeah, oh, it's just, it's, 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 it's one, it's, uh, for, if uh, I haven't seen all of Spike Lee's um, filmography, but to me, this is his, from what I've seen, his sweetest, compa- most compassionate, most personal work. And even though it's all very hectic, it's also about the loving support that you have in a family and about how important that is to grow up in something like that. And mm-hmm. I wish, um, you know, I wish for everyone to bask in the light of Alfred Woodard and to feel that warm glow that she gives me. I, I want to extend that to you. And maybe you have someone else like that. Let us know. Um, it's really important to have that. I'm so privileged and lucky to have this podcast and to um, be able to share this love with you. So thank you for listening and thank you for sticking with us for so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, babe, what a good, what a beautiful thing um, to do on your birthday, huh? Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really special. Um, uh, um, one of um, Alfie Woodard's daughters is named Mavis, and um, which is uh, Mavis Staples is another one. Get ready for the cry time. Who's another big love of my life? And they they do a Staples um, uh, singer's song. This uh, this is a great soundtrack on Crooklyn, and so um, in honor of Alfie Woodard and her daughter Mavis and her brilliance, and in honor of Mavis Staples, who is just a teaser that we're going to cover. I'd love to go out on, on Staples Singer's song from Crooklyn. I'll take you there. Yeah, let's go out on that. And thank you all for listening and uh, download, send us some iconic reviews. <laughs> they help us become the Alfre Woodard of podcasts. Um, and um, <laughs> we wish. share, share. Yeah, we wish. No one could ever do that. Um, share the podcast, tell people about it, talk to them when you're on your Zoom meetings about it. And uh, we love you, and we hope you're staying safe and wearing a fucking mask every time you go outside. We love you. Love you. Bye, Battle Angels. I'll take you. Bye, bye. Oh, I know a place.